It's time for the Playing with Science Checkdown, where science and sports collide. Always a pleasure to be joined by Chuck Knight. And this week, it's a special honor to say hello to Neil deGrasse Tyson, the noted scientist and author. Fellas, thanks for taking the time. Chuck, take it away. Hey, Brian and Nick, how are you guys? And thanks again for helping us out and getting the word out about playing with science where jocks and geeks collide and the geeks actually walk away unscathed. And uh, this week I have with me on the line the MVP of the Cosmos himself to help us tease out some scientific goodness from a play. And I'm talking none other than Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil, how are you, buddy? Hey, everybody. Doing fine. Doing well. Ready to, ready to check, check it out. All right, so, uh, Brian, I know you have a play selected for us, so take it away. Okay, let me lean over as I get set to hit play on this. A reminder, you can catch every new episode of Playing With Science in the entire Star Talk lineup a week early, only on TuneIn. Take you back to the game earlier today in New England between the Chargers and the Patriots. Melvin Gordon of the Chargers was dealing with a foot injury, but he had a robust touchdown run. Guys, take us through the play. If that's turf toe, I want turf toe. But, Neil, I know you can, you can bring science out anything, so I'll let you do your thing, man. <laughs> I, I think turf toe only hurts again if you stop suddenly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you're running and no one catches you, the turf toe is not having anything to say about anything. Uh, what, what the announcer was not able to call, because there's so much happening on that play, is that the Patriots cornerback, Malcolm Butler, number 21, uh, by the way, he and Melvin Gordon are about the same size, you know, six feet, around that, a couple hundred pounds. So Malcolm Butler actually chases him down the field and catches him, okay, at the, fi- the five-yard line, catches him. And realizing that they're both going fast at their own top speeds, there's not much a tackle will do because you'll just tackle him into the end zone. He's going to get the play anyway. Uh, the reverse angle shot on that revealed that – uh, Malcolm Butler tried to actually knock the ball out of his hands, which then it would be a fumble, and then it would not have been a touchdown. But I, I ran some numbers on their speeds. So Malcolm Gordon for the L.A. Chargers, he was running 1.1 seconds per 10 yards. Okay? So that, cool. that's, about, uh, that's 11 seconds on a 100-yard run. That's about 18.5 miles per hour. Malcolm cool. Butler caught this guy. Okay? He closed, out, he closed down a five-yard gap across 30 yards in 3.3 seconds. So you run the numbers, he's going about three miles per hour faster than him at about 21.6 miles per hour. So the reason I'm going through this is that Malcolm Butler, over 100 yards, if he had kept that pace, he would have set the world record for the 100-yard dash in 1929. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) He wanted that ball harder than... Then Melvin Gordon needed the touchdown, it seemed. Um, But it was just great to see everything in motion, but one person moving while everyone else was in motion. And we're reminded that if if you're going to run for the goal line and no one is in front of you, then run straight. Do not run on an angle. Run straight. It's obviously your shortest distance. Now, if you're going to try to come at someone at an angle, then you have to not only be running downfield as quickly as that person is, you also have to be covering diagonal distance. This is like the hypotenuse of a right triangle. So, so if you're coming at someone from an angle, you don't only have to be as fast as they are, you have to be faster than they are to, to span that distance. And Melvin Gordon knew that once he had open, open view for the goal line, 
you just took it straight down the field. And in fact, the only person that could catch him was Malcolm Butler, who was running exactly behind him. So wow. anyone who has a chance to catch that on a, on a replay, just, just watch that. It's a, it's a beautiful uh, how to overtake someone who's running down the field. And another way to think about this, if Melvin Gordon and Malcolm Butler were to race 100 yards, yeah. Malcolm Butler could give Melvin Gordon a 15-yard head start. You start the, 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 the watch, and then he will catch up with him by the end of the 100 yards. Wow. And, the, and, and what's interesting to me is Malcolm Butler, is not, he's, he's on the defense, not even on the offense. And you're reminded you want fast people on both sides of the ball, obviously. But I kind of wondered, that must mean they must have faster people on the offense who can carry the ball. And I haven't had the occasion to measure their speeds, but I was just very impressed with the fact that Malcolm Butler caught him but didn't, quite catch, didn't, didn't actually catch him. That's, that's super cool, man, and, and I, love the, I love the fact that uh, that's why we see guys run the sideline. Now, now it makes sense. The reason why you see guys run the sideline like that is because you want to run a straight line, so that's fantastic. Notice also that if you're right on the sideline, people can only come to you from one direction. From, not right. From, they can only come to you from one side, not from another side. So, yeah, so that's why I, I bet you'll see more touchdowns as people hug in the line rather than just straight up the center of the field. I bet if you did the statistics on that, that's probably what you would find. All right. Well, that's how we do it on Playing With Science. And uh, Brian and Nick, thank you guys so much for having us on and allowing us to add a little science to this exciting day of football, man. Always a pleasure. Before we say goodbye, and as much as we enjoy Chuck, and Chuck, you are nice, as your last name suggests. (laughs) Neil, huge fan of your work. And my broadcast partner, Nick Ferguson, is off today as his wife is expecting the birth of their next child. But Nick played at Georgia Tech. I won the lottery, somehow got in the Stanford off the wait list. So we believe in brain power on this show. How do we get mm. kids more interested in science before they eat all that candy coming up on Halloween <laughs> on Tuesday? Well, what we try to do, not only in Star Talk, uh, you know, the flagship, but also obviously on Playing with Science, is just to show that science is everywhere. If people can have passions in this world, and we're not going to try to re-guide what those passions happen to be, but when you learn that those passions are informed by science, we're touched by science, then science becomes a natural part of how you think about the world. And science li- then you get the science literacy for free. And then you don't have people wandering through life saying, oh, I never did well in science, so therefore I will never think about it again. I'll only think about my little stovepiped uh, subject. And it could be science, it could be acting, it could be... Uh, look at all the ways technology and science has, have touched the arts, for example. Modern movies would not be possible without uh, advances in cinematic technologies. So even the purest of the arts have been touched by science, and that's, that's all we're trying to do on these programs. Gentlemen, wow. we appreciate the insights, and that was the convergence of sports and science on the NFL on TuneIn. That was the Playing With Science Checkdown. Make sure to check out the Playing With Science podcast with new episodes premiering one week early, all free, only on TuneIn.